we have to pretend, since we didn't have our audacities kind of set up, we have to pretend that uh, we didn't say all that, so we're going to say it all again. Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, <clears throat> Matt, what took you so long? <laughs> it's May 31st, 2015, and you are listening to episode 11 of Wall Up and Die. So if you could just go ahead and pack up your stuff and move it down there, but no, that would be terrific. I, I, I was no, okay. I could stay. It, excuse me. Yeah, I, I believe you have my stapler. bedroom window and noticed that my neighbors are moving my upstairs yeah. neighbors yes who have been mentioned Victory. <laughs> they have been mentioned i think two or three times on this podcast um because they are the quintessential upstairs neighbors they are incredibly loud and like just disruptive but also mm-hmm. get super angry if we ever make a peep um, and so it's just like the worst combination of things for an upstairs neighbor to have. And honestly, I'm not a I'm not a person that gets upset if someone says, hey, could you keep it down? Like, I'm like, oh, absolutely. You know, we'll quiet it down. But it's the way that they go about saying these things. It's like we'll, we'll be watching a movie at seven o'clock at night and they'll come on downstairs banging on the door asking us to turn it down. And it's like, no, I'm not going to. It's seven o'clock. I can watch a movie in the apartment <laughs> that I pay to live in. Yeah, at seven o'clock. <laughs> at seven o'clock on a on a Friday, for God's you, sakes! But can you tell the story of the last thing that uh, they knocked on the door about? Because <laughs> yes, that's can. the most. Yeah, yeah this do. is and this is probably the last interaction that I will have with them. Um, and I think it was the it was the tipping point. This was the catalyst that made them <laughs> want to move. Okay. So my my fiance Tila plays the harp, um, and occasionally like. Mm a couple times a year she goes and plays gigs um you know for various sort of ensembles and and things like that this particular gig it was a it was a memorial day um performance at a uh, lutheran church here in milton washington and it was just kind of a small small gig so she was she was rehearsing um the night before and so she brought her harp out in the living room and started playing it. And the harp is not, it's not a loud instrument. It's, um, you know, it definitely carries quite a bit, but it's not, it doesn't have a lot of bass tonality no. to it. It's not going to carry through the floors very much. Um, so she's she's practicing the harp and I'm sitting there doing the dishes. And, you know, it's it's just, it's beautiful. The harp is a beautiful instrument and Tila is quite, quite good at it. And so it's just this, this really beautiful piece of music. And we hear a bunch of stomping upstairs and we're like, oh, well, that's, you know, that that's kind of just what happens when they <laughs> move the around norm. up there. They stomp. Like we, we tried to mimic how they walk upstairs and we just, we can't do it. We can't figure out how they make so much noise just walking around. But so we hear the stomping and then we hear somebody stomping down the stairs out in the breezeway. And then we hear bang, bang, bang on the door. And I'm holding a knife as I'm doing the dishes <laughs> and I decide so I make the smart choice and I decide to put the knife down before no, I go. You should have, you should have changed the story too. So I stabbed a guy and now they're moving out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, so I, I, I set I, the knife down um, and I go and answer the door and I know who it is. I know who it's going to be. And so I'm already all riled up. I answer the door and she doesn't say hello. She doesn't, preface this with anything she immediately just gets in my face and starts yelling at me saying you need to turn it down this is the second time we've heard it and it's like in my head i'm like oh wow the second time that's that's insane i'm so sorry you have to suffer through the sound of classical harp music drifting through your floors for the second time i mean it's one thing if you're if you're banging on a fender strat yeah in in an amplifier and you suck but you're playing a fucking harp when you die and go to heaven this is the instrument you get yeah like there's a reason for that it could not be prettier and so and i i cut her off and i I, you know i was definitely not calm about this i was definitely i would say yelling and i said you know we cannot turn it down it is an acoustic instrument it's a harp 
And all by, by the way, I love my fiance. While this is happening, she's continuing to play. She just, <laughs> just has zero shits about it. It's just like I'm just gonna keep playing the harp. And so this this entire altercation is is accompanied by this beautiful harp music. And I simply say, you know, we cannot turn it down. Also, it's six forty five. Like it is oh not quiet God. time. She has a rehearsal tonight. Get over it. And I just slam the door and as i'm yelling at her this woman is getting this look on her face like she's bitten off a little bit more than she can chew and she was not expecting (laughs) me to yell back at her i think she's the type of person that likes to cause a big stink and doesn't expect somebody to actually have an issue with her and so somebody was talking back to her and she didn't like that um and like after that i kind of i called the office because we've had issues with them in the past and i wanted to get it on the record of like hey this happened, this is the time that it happened, and this is what was happening when it happened, so that when they inevitably call and make a complaint about us, we'll already have on record what happened. But just a few days ago, we started hearing a bunch of noises upstairs, and we started seeing boxes come out, and they were kind of coming and going from the apartment quite a bit, which was weird. And so we started kind of hoping beyond hope. We were like, do we dare hope that they are no. moving? Do we do we get our hopes up here? Because we love our apartment, but they are just they're just this blight, this this just sort of the one bad thing about living here, aside from them cutting all the shrubbery. But I I I'm like one hundred percent certain that they are moving now. I, I, I can't think of anything else that would be happening. Oh, that's so awesome. Now my my curious like my curiosity makes me really want to know if they got evicted or if they got fed up and are leaving of their own volition. Yeah. <clears throat> well, if they, yeah, do. I mean, if they, if they didn't get any support from the, uh, you know, from the managers, then yeah, they, they probably, they might've just left. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. But about a year ago, they were making a bunch of excessive noise complaints and the management actually kind of threatened them with eviction. So <laughs> it, it's not the first time they've, they've been sort of, uh handed that card so i don't know man i I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to think of a sneaky way i could find out like i go into the office to pick up a package and be like oh upstairs neighbors moved out you know i wonder what happened there and you know oh they got evicted and it's like oh, yes <laughs> oh darn oh i feel like too what, bad that's a shame what you should do matt is you should go upstairs and be like you know what it's seven fifteen, and you're making way too much noise moving your asses out of this apartment complex can you quiet down a little bit Teal is in the hallway playing the harp. Oh I know. I, I want a little, them to be... A little tip jar out in front of him. <laughs> Busting in the breezeway. Just, just carry a microphone upstairs so you can drop it after you say yes, that and walk away. Yes. I want to... <laughs> uh, I really want to, like, tilt my bass amplifier about, about a 70-degree angle, just kind of straight up at the <laughs> ceiling, and just start wailing on my bass guitar and see what happens. <laughs> Play it all distorted, like yeah. like I do, because I suck at bass. I'm just gonna turn every pet, every effect pedal I have. It's on, and I'm just gonna yeah. start wailing on the bass. The f- just floor starts shaking. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have to ask you guys while we're on the subject, like what what is the worst neighbor experience you've ever had, apartment, house, or otherwise? I've been very fortunate in this regard. Yeah, I have um, too up until this point, honestly. Yeah. Um, we, uh, that probably means we were the shitty neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> what's yeah, that, what's that saying of like, everyone has an annoying friend, and if you don't, then you're the annoying friend? You're the annoying <laughs> friend. You're the you're the shitty upstairs neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, actually, most of my neighbors, uh, if they've been annoying, it's always been in like some sort of endearing way, like our next door neighbor now, because we live in a house. <laughs> yeah. But he served in World War II, and I love this man. Uh, he, okay, so you know how like June 6th, uh, uh, Normandy beaches, um, you know, we landed infantry via these kind of infantry carrying boats. Mm-hmm. He was a driver on that. Oh, wow. And nice. he took three trips, and I, I can't remember the name uh, what what do they call the people who drive these boats? I can't for the life of me remember. But um, <clears throat> we were talking outside, and you know I was taking out the garbage, and I saw him, and he's like, "Yes, when I was in, <clears throat> I've been to France three times. Uh, once because I chose to go, and you know twice because I you know had to go duty for my country." 
and and he's talking about how he drove this boat uh and um and then i mean literally 30 seconds later when we're talking about france he's like you know I've been to France three times. Uh, <laughs> once I chose to go, and twice because I was forced uh, to. And it was like, like I called my dad immediately afterward. He was pretty old, and I was like, "Hey, Dad, you're awesome. You've got it made, man. You know, you may tell me the same story over and over and over again, but at least you don't do it within a thirty-second period of time. So, so until you do that, we're cool. But <laughs> yeah, that's that's an endearing quirk to have, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially this guy. He's like the coolest old man and he's had a like he's had a couple like slips and falls. Mm-hmm. And like we'll get home and he's very old. So like I'll 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 pull into the driveway and I'll see an ambulance out front of the house and I'm like my heart sinks every time. Right, yeah. Like oh and it's like oh he stubbed his toe. You're a crazy old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in uh Tila's old apartment before she moved in with me she um, had an upstairs neighbor that, I mean, the walls were just paper thin. And every night, I don't know what he was watching, man, but he just was cracking up the entire night. And it was one of those things where it's like, we're just, we're sitting there listening to this guy, like, belly laugh the entire night, but we couldn't get mad at it. It's like, dude's just having a great time up there. And yeah, we can hear him kind of perfectly, but it, I'm not bothered by it. Dude's just loving yeah, life yeah. right now. He's up there watching Seinfeld or something and just can't get enough of it. Really, right. Seinfeld? That's that's what makes you belly laugh. I don't know, man. I'm just <laughs> pulling something out of the ether. <laughs> no, the worst that I had is I live. I, we lived next door to a uh, to a crack house. Oh well, there you go. Um, which was a lot of fun. Um, every. every <laughs> Every, every in the summer in the summertime it was like every night people would be out in the street like fighting you hear a bottle break you know and and, and, and they would literally be threatening someone with it uh, the craziest one was a guy um, who was out in the street yelling at someone else for something they're, they're kind of incoherent when they're screaming at each other yeah and a car is just driving down the street as one normally does apparently he didn't like that so he like starts stomping up to the car like banging on the hood. You know, telling him to get the hell out of here. Or well, he didn't say it. He wasn't that polite, but right. uh, or coherent. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was pretty. No rough. cars on the street, not allowed. I I, w- I wouldn't have set fire to that building, <laughs> but if I if I looked out my window and it was on fire, I would finish my lunch before I called the uh, fire department. <laughs> you know, I, you really you. You haven't really lived somewhere crappy until you've been woken up by the sound of a meth house exploding. <laughs> that is kind yeah. of the point where you're like, yeah. I should probably move. <laughs> yeah. I was in your shot of a meth house exploding. <laughs> you know, I feel Although like- there were these teenagers one time and they were messing around in a driveway. And I kept telling them, look, get out of here. Stay out of my driveway. And they're, they're, they're spouting off and give me the finger and all this like, Okay, fine. So, I after they left, I started to walk around the block, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew that I knew they lived somewhere in the area. So I start walking up this, this side street, and I see them kind of duck into this house, and they're looking out. It's like, hey, is that the guy from that house? It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah what's, what's he doing? What's he doing here? And I and I said out loud, like, I just wanted to see where you live, and I kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> Within a half an hour, there's a knock on my door, and they're like, "Hey, look, listen, Mister, we're really sorry. We won't do." <laughs> That's the best thing ever. How satisfying! That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. These stories uh, get me inspired. Oh, do they, Barker? Yes. Um, oh, Segway. <clears throat> <clears throat> Masterfully done. I have to give you a clap for that. Well, that was elegant. Well played, sir. Well Thank played. You. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, listeners, welcome to Roll Up and Die, your definitive RPG podcast. My name is Barker. My name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. The first episode we ever did this, I said, uh, when Matt plugged A Fistful of Dice, I was like, oh, you plugged your channel, damn it. And I plugged my own. And I haven't done it since. Mm. And it's been 11 episodes, so I I have this feeling that every time Matt says, and this is Matt, he kind of smirks and says, from A Fistful of Dice. (laughs) That's how you do it in my brain. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) 
You're not far off, man. You're not far off. Awesome. Anyway, and today we are talking about inspiration, ways that you as a GM or DM or storyteller or flame tender or whatever can get inspiration for your storylines for your game. And I've thought a lot about this today specifically because the – excuse me. There's this kind of mentality I feel like it's kind of going around where – you know, if um, and and I and I realized this when I did a, a recent prep session on my YouTube channel. Be a better game master. There you go. Thank you. Ding. I <laughs> I um I realized that it's difficult as a DM when someone asks you, "Hey, where's the story headed?" to say where the story where you believe the story is headed without being kind of criticized. Um, a lot of people believe that you know DMs shouldn't have any idea where the story's headed. And I disagree completely. Mm-hmm. I feel like while we as DMs or GMs should not be in control of the player's characters, because that's all they brought to the table, that's all they have control of, you know, give those to them. We, that's kind of our job, right? Is to kind of plan out this story arc. Um, maybe not, you know, print it in concrete and distribute it, but you know, to really have an idea for where the campaign is headed. And the, the the conversation for today is, how do you inspire yourself or get inspiration from your day-to-day lives to make these stories? So um, I have asked uh, each of our hosts, we'll, we'll see if that's actually going to happen, to bring uh, something to the table that inspires them uh, that they use as a source of inspiration, like a, I don't know, a D hundred um, random encounters list, or you know, a deck of cards, or something like that. So um, we'll get to that later. But basically, first question from the blank slate standpoint: when you're either starting a campaign or trying to plan for a session, how do you go from nothing to something, Alex? Ah, me. Um, well. I guess my my biggest source of inspiration is history. I really love to look at something that's something that's happened. It doesn't have to be ancient history, but it can be more recent. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't have to be in the genre that I'm preparing for. Uh, there are all kinds of things that are happening around us and uh, today and 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago. All of those things can be drawn upon to create really compelling and interesting stories. And I think that for me, that, that's what I that's what I tend to look to, is I, I look up information about uh, maybe a battle or uh, some kind of event that took place, or uh, I might just even do these sort of, I do these sort of random Google searches. Mm-hmm. I'll put in just, you know, weird keywords that... Uh, yeah. um, well, like that, what? <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I, I might put in... Um, you know, uh, uh, war, um, uh, beheading, um, <laughs> hot and ready, <laughs> hot and ready. No, I, but you, I mean, we might as well get the listeners a little drunk while we're at it. <laughs> that is, that is an important thing. Yeah, very super dope important. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, but it, it depends on what kind of adventure I'm running and if it's part of a campaign or, or whatever, but then I'll put in some keywords and start searching and then that might lead me to something else and that might lead me to something else and so i do this kind of uh uh i guess you what would you call it google mancy to try and kind of divine up some kind of ideas from uh just from the ether i mean google mancy. The, the, that's that's the, not in the player's handbook i'm looking at it right now i'm really i, I always hear it referred to as google foo google yeah if yeah if, you, if you're looking for something specific yes but if you're but if you're trying to divine a plot um, then you're not looking for something specific That's necessarily. True, you're just yeah. you're just you're just casting, uh, you know, casting these these bits out into the ether to uh, to hopefully you know extract something back. And there's, uh, you know, you could just take any historical event and say, okay, scratch out French and write in orc, mm-hmm. uh, scratch out, yes. uh, you know, and and just start you know then then you start playing with it. Use that as a framework. And I, yep. I've found anyway that doing it that way, the plot you're creating feels 
uh, more real, I guess. It's, it feels more organic because it was something that was real. Yeah. It was something that happened. And so, uh, you know, you, you don't always want to be too obvious with it, but you'd be surprised how much something can feel different with just a few little tweaks, you know, changing a name, changing uh, the setting slightly. And, and uh, yeah, it, it's that's what I like to do. Well, yeah. I know Matt and I uh, listened to a podcast called Hardcore History. Yeah. And uh, the Hardcore History podcast by Dan Carlin, I, I will mm-hmm. say, is a huge inspiration for my games, including the Sersaline game. And, and we talked about that during my prep session, my live prep session on the YouTube channel, Be a Better Game Master. Ding! <laughs> ding! Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, dong. Uh, so, yeah, man, history is sweet. Like, uh, especially for inspiration for a game. Um, it, like you said, change... Uh, French to Orc, change uh, Napoleon Bonaparte to Gong Crash, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He Gong Crash. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even things like Call of Cthulhu is, is, is great for, for web searching like this yeah. because the first thing I'll put in with something like that often is I'll look for uh, mysterious disappearances or uh, strange events and things like that. And you'd be surprised. I mean, there are, there's a, what did I ever read about that? There was a village, an Inuit village up in, you know, in northern Canada, I think. And every month or so, uh, people would bring in supplies and make trips in there. And one day they just went in there and everyone was gone. Wow. There was no, no trace of them. There were, all their stuff was still there. There was food out. I mean, it was literally just, everyone was just gone. And they found, they found no, um, they found no remains, and all of their dogs were killed because they got around by these sled dogs. And and I mean, this is a true this is a true story. Now, how awesome is that to to base? I mean, it doesn't have to be necessarily Call of Cthulhu, but base any any kind of adventure on. Yeah. Hold on, I gotta Google that right now. <laughs> <laughs> is that the Angakuni Lake? Uh, I don't remember. It, this was the a while ago. Vanishing Village. It, yeah. Oh my gosh. Jeez. Alex! All right. Uh, Alex is also <laughs> running a Call of Cthulhu game for us pretty soon. And yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Me too. Now, Matt, I know you are a big proponent of like certain tools that you'd use to yeah. kind of gain inspiration. What do you use? Well, I'm, I am I like really big picture things. I like looking at art and listening to music and, and things like that and kind of just letting my mind go where it will. I actually, I actually have a video on my channel, A Fistful of Dice, where um, I open up a pack of magic cards <laughs> and just kind of really quickly shuffle through the pack, it's, you know, about 15 cards or whatever, and I look at the art and I look at the names and I look at the flavor text and I pull out three or four and I kind of build an adventure with those elements in them. And the art might be, you know, a creature. It might be a spell being cast. It might be a, a building or, you know, a scene of some kind. I think one of the cards I picked in my video was uh, a bunch of dragon hunters bringing down a dragon. And that helped inspire the session. And so I, I kind of, you know, I like to when I come up with my worlds and stuff, I like to have these things called pillars, you know, these really big ideas that I kind of wrap everything else around and let, you know, the pillars kind of hold the campaign up. I do the same thing with inspiration where I, I, I just kind of look for these big kind of grandiose things and kind of focus them down and come up with ideas from there. And I, I say I do the same thing with, you know, listening to certain songs that will make me feel certain emotions or conjure up certain images in my head. And, you know, it's likewise with art too, so. And I know Barker, you you uh, use music quite a bit in your you know inspiration and in your in your preparation as well. Yes, the music is honestly ninety ninety percent. I almost said ninety seven percent, which is a little specific and probably too much. Ninety seven point four three percent of my prep is music. Exactly. No more, no less. Um, or else I scrap the whole campaign. Exactly. Uh, but no, about 90%, honestly, of my prep is just listening to music and imagining the game happening. Yeah. It's, it sounds so weird, but like, like I like movies. I like TV. Mm. Um, I like, specifically, I like TV shows that feel like long-running movies. Heroes, Battlestar Galactica, Lost, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, um, you know, what I imagine a lot is, you know, characters fighting in slow motion. 
Yeah. Man, I ju- that's just so badass to me. Just like, <laughs> I'm the same. I'm the same way, Barker. <laughs> when you listen to metal, like, I do. I, mean, <laughs> I do like good metal. Yeah. And I, I listen to pretty much everything, but mostly I listen to like, like I'll put it on the Crystal Method radio on my Spotify, and I'll listen to the Crystal Method, and I'll just start designing the game. But what I'll do is, if I'm listening to music and I hear a song that's like that portrays that I don't know it makes me feel a certain way uh, that I want a game session to feel or a scene to feel mm. or an entire campaign to feel like yeah then I will listen to that song on repeat while writing it yeah and um, I feel like you know I'm gonna this is kind of a plug here but if you haven't listened to it already one of my go-to's is the social network soundtrack that's a great great mm. like just creative spurring music Yes, absolutely, and like, uh, I'll wait. I'll await my uh, my check from Trent Reznor for plugging it on the, <laughs> the very quite prestigious Roll Up and Die podcast. But but uh, I love it, man. I love yeah. it, and I actually I talked about that in my most recent prep session uh, uh, for the Sursaline prep session that I held live on the Be a Better Game Master uh, YouTube channel. Um, we're trying to outshill each other in this. Is that what this is? Yeah. <laughs> I will outshill you, sir. No, no, no. Uh, um, it's it's funny. I you know I I need a check from Trent Reznor too because one of the one of my big like Creative Juice albums is the Ghosts album, which is oh, yeah. entirely instrumental and it's the kind of instrumental stuff that isn't disruptive. Like there's nothing about it that is going to jar you away from the thought process. But you yeah. just you put on an album like Ghosts and you just you kind of keep it low volume and you just kind of let that music help all the gears start turning in your head and you just kind of start writing down whatever comes to you, you know, when you're listening to the, to that music. Like ghosts is not something that you're going to be like bumping in your ride. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh dude, let's bump some ghosts. Yeah. 23. Oh, turn on ghosts. Yeah. (laughs) No, but, uh, but it's, you're right. It, like you said, it gets the gears turning mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you start feeling this, at least for me, you start feeling kind of this high, this like this lift. And I, right when I feel that inspiration, just punch me in the chest. I grab my laptop and I open it and I open a word document. I don't even think about it. And I just start, you know, typing whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even more specifically, you know, again, Trent Reznor, I, uh, the song copy of, a or copy of a, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from his most recent album. Uh, if you pay attention to a song with lyrics and you take those lyrics, these very kind of vague lyrics, but you take them very uh, plainly, uh, you know, this, I'm just a copy of a copy of a copy. I started thinking about this game about clones and, you know, the Feywild and, you know, all of this has happened before kind of stuff. And, you know, that's kind of an, a side project that I'm working on now. And it's all spawned from listening to a freaking song. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that, um, you know, you can kind of have the same that I, I like you describe it, that high, that feeling that you get where you're like, I am right on the edge of the cliff and I'm yeah. about to jump. Like I, I can I can feel that I'm about to jump into whatever this idea is. And mm-hmm really anything will do that for me movies music i'll be playing a video game and i'll have to pause a video game and grab something to write with because i'm i feel that coming on i'm like oh this is a good idea i'm 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 grasping something you know as my mind Mm -hmm. is wandering and you know i i just went and saw the most recent mad max movie which barker hasn't (laughs) seen take a drink um and i it's new (laughs) (laughs) yeah Take half a drink. Yeah, take take half a drink because it's only been out a couple weeks. But I went and saw the most recent Mad Max movie, and it's just one big action set piece. And I got so many cool encounter ideas from watching that oh, yeah. movie. And I already – I just had a home game this past Saturday, and I've already been just plundering that movie for <laughs> ideas. So I just – you know, you replace – you know, post-apocalyptic raiders with goblins, and you replace cars with dragons or pterodactyls or something, and bam, you got it. D&D session right there. What kind of music do you like, Alex, for inspiration? Uh, Dead Can Dance. That's, wait, that's what, what I listen to. Dead Can Dance. Oh, wait. What is that from? What is that? They're, they're, uh, they're older, kind of more fringe. Um, I like... Uh, this this one this one person uh, Gabrielle Roth, she does 
uh, a lot of kind of drum and uh, uh, rhythm sort of music. So it's all very kind of tribal sounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I like that as sort of background music. Um, I like yeah. the sound of the goat that I just sacrificed, kind of squealing <laughs> on the floor. <sighs> uh, well, I, I have actually used sound effects to kind of to kind of get that mood too. Like uh, I have this long kind of sound effect of uh, the background noise of a tavern. Oh yeah, you know, w- with with that kind of thing. So you can kind of put that on, and it just kind of. You know, you close your eyes and it automatically sort of immerses you in that setting. Yeah. And so you, you can kind of begin to begin to start to, you know, see things, paint paint that visual picture. Yeah, ambient stuff like that is great. I'll, I'll sometimes, I have a bunch of playlists for, to play, like, during the game. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I have a combat playlist and a dungeon exploration yeah, playlist. Yeah. And sometimes I'll just, I'll put one of those on and it'll be, you know, different different music and ambient stuff. And sometimes it'll just be, like, <laughs> white noise with water dripping and the occasional, like, uh, monster sound coming from far away or something. I'll just, I'll put that on while I'm prepping, I, you know. I really miss being able to do that. I mean, it, it's hard to do on uh, on a on a Google yeah, Hangout, yeah, that example. is that is something that is a huge. It's really got to do in person. Me. Yeah, but it was so cool because you'd get to the point where the players, you know, you'd have. Uh, I used to jam from my laptop, and so then the music would suddenly change, you know, and, and the tension would rise, and, and so you'd see the players all sort of like looking around, like, uh oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, what's what's happening yeah, why now? Did the, why did the combat music just start? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like, a, it's like a, uh, when you're playing uh, one of the Elder Scrolls games, and the, the combat music always starts before you know what's attacking you, and so you right. hear it start, and you're like, ah, oh, shit! What, are you, like you're spinning around in a circle looking for whatever's running at you. Or everything goes silent and it's like low strings, and you see like nine health potions around your yeah. ar- around yeah. your body, and you're like, "This is the game saying sorry for what a, what's about to happen to you, but <laughs> you know, here's some health potions and some gold. Good luck." Uh, I also like Midnight Syndicate. The, the, Ooh, they do yeah. that uh, mm. the the gaming music. Yeah, they're great, and that stuff is great because you can you can pick the mood that's that's specifically for. You know, for what you're working on, exactly. And so you can just put that on, loop it, and uh, you know that can, that can be a great help. Now, I want to ask you guys because we, you know, we're talking about you know movies and music and art and history and stuff like that. What are like the little everyday things that inspire you? You know, the seeing a, a specific sign on the road or a name that jumps out at you, or you know, you eat something that kind of you know gets the creative juices flowing what what is an example of of that for you guys alex mm, thinking okay i i, I uh <laughs> I, I've, I've used this reference before but a while back i was at like a mcdonald's and i ordered food and the person behind the counter gave me like five dollars too much change mm-hmm. and i said oh you gave you gave me uh, five dollars too much change and she took the money back, and it was all cool. But in my brain, I was like, next time my player's characters are in a tavern, they're going to get too much change. Like, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> I'm serious. Those no, real great. things. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of a moral dilemma, but it's not like a, you know, do the babies live or do they die moral right. dilemma. Like, right. <laughs> do you give them the five gold back? And so, you know, if you pay attention to your actual life, um, all these little gems just kind of spark up. Yeah. Uh, I we we live in a small town in New Mexico and just driving down the road I will see things that you know, they're not fantasy. You know, it'll be like the same truck that has been broken down on the side of the road for literally 5 years that I've been here. <laughs> yeah. And uh and I'll just look at that and be like, god, what if you know, what if a, a wagon were like that on, you know, the road. I mean, just like these descriptors of real life. Um, if you if you just open your eyes, and what I would suggest is every time you get in the car and you drive to the Walmart or wherever you go to pick up your food, the Whole Foods, the Trader Joe's, the Walmart, uh, for all you fascists like me, uh, you know, you know, look around you and pick one thing in every single car ride that you take, just one thing, and you make it inspire one of your games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and I think I think that goes back to you know we just had an episode about you know sweating the small stuff and and paying more attention to the little details that kind of make your world feel alive. And Barker, yeah. the example of like getting too much you know a few extra coins back at the tavern is 
a perfect example because it's not a big life or death situation, but it is like, what kind of character are you? What kind of person are you? Would you give the money back? Would you keep it? Would you keep it but then feel guilty about it later? It kind of, it forces yes. the character to actually stop and think, what would I do and, in this little, just harmless situation? And as a DM, that makes your world just feel that much more real. Yeah. Because that happens. Yeah. No, I, I was, uh, I used to work at a homeless shelter. And there were, there was an endless supply of interesting characters to come through there. So it was, it was really easy as a GM to just sort of pick out personalities, voices, uh, even even some plot ideas. There was, because we used to get a lot of people who were um, uh, released from the uh, the uh, mental institution across the, the road. Right. And so they would basically just kind of send them to us. And so we'd get some really interesting people who would show up. Some were, you know, just need a little bit of help. And others were, I guess you'd think of them as kind of chronically homeless. Right. And uh, there's, there's this one woman, and uh, she, she used to wear, I don't know if I mentioned this before, she used to wear this long, heavy coat. And she had it lined with all this information about her past life, where she um, she had worked for the government, and they had taken her life away from her, and you know they, they, they gave her medication to destroy her mind and all this other stuff. And it was this massive conspiracy theory, all just you know uh, pinned to the inside of her coat that she had with her. And, and it was one, she was one of my favorite characters there, I, I swear. Man. She was just uh, uh, so much that you could um, uh, get from that. Yeah. And uh, every now and then she would, you know, quote, remember something. And she'd write it down and then ask me to photocopy it for her so she'd have a, have a second copy. So right. like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and so I'd make copies for her. But, yeah, I mean, work, work, if you're working with the public, you're going to have, you know, an endless supply of um, just awesome characters that you can that you can draw upon. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, you can <clears throat> you can always, you know, when you're when you're creating NPCs or creating characters for your game. You know, you can always look at like, well, I want him to be like Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. You can also be like, well, now I want him to be like that landlord I had when I was 17 and I first moved out. You know, you can kind of yes. like just pull from your own real life because it's like it's that what's that? It's uh, stranger than fiction. You know, it's like sometimes mm -hmm. the stuff that is actually in our real life is just it's so much crazier and more nuanced and, and weird than than any fiction can be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think that, yeah, you know, in your day-to-day -day -day lives, take a look around. Um, listen to music. Absolutely. Um, also, there are, like, some products out there that, like, their sole purpose <laughs> is to encourage inspiration. Yeah. And I know that, Matt, you use these. Yeah. And I have been inspired to use them because of you. And <laughs> mother of Pete, I love story cubes yeah story cubes are amazing um they they totally just work with my method i, I guess I, mm -hmm. I i should explain what story cubes are they're they're little they're d6s with images on each face instead of mm -hmm. um you know numbers and and so it can be something like a goblet or a hat or a clock and you know you grab a handful of these and you roll them and you just look at these images and just wherever your mind goes immediately looking at those images write it down and use that and i use i use them in prep i will sometimes just have them sitting there at the table when i'm running a game and we'll roll them during the game if i if i feel like i'm you know getting stumped or if the game is is getting a little stagnant and my infatuation with dice with images on them has has just grown and i've <laughs> invested in so many different little weird wonky dice with you know different like pictures of monsters on them and i have a, a big giant d12 with room layouts on each face and oh, yeah. you know i just i i'm getting i'm having so much fun with these and with these little dice and it's just it helps me because it's it's tactile you know, it's something mm. I can I can feel in my hands, and I can roll it, and I can look at it, and that just it works for me. And I think that is important to point out is like with your inspiration, when you find something that works, keep doing that. Like yeah. you're yeah. whatever works for you is going to work for you, and it's going to be different for for everybody. Definitely. Well, and I'm a big you know proponent of piggybacking on other people's <clears throat> ideas. Yeah. 
Um, there was a YouTube video recently. I don't know what was it called. It was called like a, a Sir Celine campaign prep on the, the Be a Better Game Master page. <laughs> I, you got me, man. I didn't know that's where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, personally, I really suck at coming up with my own ideas right off the bat from nothing. But if I, and I, I use this method a lot, um, but if I, you know, shuffle this deck of tarot cards that I'm using right now, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge person, uh, you know, I'm not a huge, like, mysticism-like type of person, I'm not, I'm not big on that, I, mostly because I don't really understand it very much, I don't know much about it, but every card means something new, so when yeah. I draw the, you know, Ace of Wands, and I look at my sheet of paper, you know, this particular one that says that that means inspiration and creation. Wow. What are the odds? <laughs> you don't believe in mysticism, huh, Barker? <laughs> I didn't say I don't believe in mysticism. But you're not You're not big on it, but there you go, right there. I am, the tarot I, has spoken. I am you're, now, you're a, you're I'm now big on mysticism. <laughs> but, like, I, there, there was a time, and there were multiple times, where I fleshed out the entire background setting and background NPCs of a game using three tarot cards for each mm. NPC. Uh, who that person used to be, who they are now, and what they want. Those yeah. three cards. Yeah. Yep. And, I mean, that just, that fleshes out a game so well. And that is my go-to. Like, I love story cubes. Mm -hmm. I, I use them all the time. I, just last night, I uh, used magic cards. Yes. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and I, yeah, you mentioned that, Matt. I know you do that. And uh, we actually came up with a really cool city outside of Sir Celine. Um, anyway, yeah, I uh, can't really uh, spoil too much in that front. But um, <laughs> tarot cards are my jam. That's my go-to. Yeah. The other cool thing about tarot cards is now I, I used to be a tarot card reader. And there were... Uh, there, I mean, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of different decks. I mean, you can go yes. with the original uh, Rider Waite deck, which is yep. the classic one most people are familiar with. And there are variations on that. But then there are some that are really amazing that just kind of take it in entirely different directions. Um, there's, there's, a, there's like a fairy tarot deck, which has just all kinds of really cool um, fey imagery in it. Oh, cool. And, I mean, there's just uh, there's one deck that I have that all it, it, it the cards have no specific interpretation like you know a lot of them they have very kind of specific interpretations these don't they're just they're just really cool imagery that and and it's like hundreds of cards and those are great for that because there there is no mm -hmm. kind of preconceived um, interpretation of it and so every time you draw it it can be something different right depending on other cards you draw with it that can influence it. So That's awesome. Uh, that's yeah, really that's cool. that's a there's a lot a, of stuff out there like that. And my kids have what are called story cards, which are very similar. They're just they're these round um, cards with they have images on both sides. And they're sort of fair some are fairy tale images like it might have a castle, a dragon, uh, um, you know, someone sewing you know all, all these various different imagery and what you're supposed to do is to draw these draw a set of cards and then look at them to tell a story right and mm -hmm. so that they're, they're really designed for that for that very thing absolutely yeah that's awesome that's a, that's the same kind of you know concept with the story cubes and and what they're intended to be is you roll four of them and then come up with a story using all of the images on them but that same kind of principle you know can be applied to to role-playing games and can really help mm -hmm. with that see I, this uh i'm using the writer weight like you mentioned mm -hmm. alex uh this one's really cool i just gotta give it a shout out i don't know who made it though so it's not much of a shout out but i got it <laughs> i got a shout the, yeah, it's, yeah i'm gonna shout it out anyway it's i got it at the albuquerque comic expo like two or three years ago mm -hmm. and it's a tarot deck writer weight but it's technology slash futuristic robotic end of the world oriented Oh, nice. uh, that's the best way I can explain it. And yeah. so the swords are screwdrivers. Mm -hmm. uh, the pentacles <laughs> are gears. That's yeah. awesome. The that's, the wands a... are they look like um, oh, what's the word? Oh my gosh! Like a, tu it's like a tube of glass with caps on either side with electricity running through it. Uh, it's like a spark plug kind of thing. It's a transistor. Oh, like a, a, va a, va a vacuum tube. 
I think so. Maybe it. <laughs> I'm. A I thought there bulb? were levels for a while. That's just because I'm an idiot. So <laughs> a fluorescent light bulb. Maybe that's possible. <laughs> um, and then the the cups are like tin can funnels. That's like nice. like for the Tin Man in uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah. And all the numbers are written in binary. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, it, that's really so cool. Oh, cool. I'll I'll find it. I'll try to find this guy and post it in the show notes or whatever. But uh, this uh, I mean, it's just you know, just looking at this stuff, even the pictures, the names. I mean, everything draws inspiration, even before you mm-hmm. look at the meaning of the cards. Yep. And I think what you were, the word you're looking for, Barker, is fuse. It's a little fuse. That is little exactly glass tube with little metal end caps. No wait, fuse is a an energy drink. That's an iced tea. I believe. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. I'm I'm completely wrong. <laughs> uh, that is. Hold on. I'm actually trying to look for an image, but all I see is the stupid ass tea. Hold on. Are you are um, you spelling fuse with a z? Yeah. Spell it with an s. Yeah, it's, 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 it's with an s. Yeah. Oh, 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 man. And you know what sucks is is Alex is editing this podcast. So you know he's going to leave he's that gonna shit leave in. He's going to leave that in. Alex, <laughs> leave that in, damn it. Leave it in. I'm going to I'm going to add a laugh track. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> I oh, yeah, I oh my god. Shut up, audience. <laughs> Yes, it is a fuse. Okay, cool. Very cool. Thank you. (laughs) So we have to do the whole podcast over. Um, (laughs) But, no, we're not going to do the whole podcast. But I feel like, you know, we could go on for days. But we should probably um, come up with an idea that our listeners can steal. Or do we want to answer a yeah, question Yeah, I was going to say, do we answer a question first? I was going to switch it up. I don't, you oh, guys man, so you're going to get robotic. crazy. Uh, yeah, well, uh, well, you know what? I just I posted the questions a couple hours ago, so I, I thought maybe some people might want a little more time to ask a question. But okay, if you guys want to answer now, then I will go with the one with the most likes, which is... Okay, I see one from Richard, one from Derek, and one from Ben. Yes. I, uh, I know we've answered a Ben one before. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that doesn't mean we shouldn't answer it, but you should pick whatever your favorite question is. I should pick whatever my favorite question is. I like I like uh, Derek's question, which is very simple, and it's just, and also because I'm interested to hear your guys' answers, what's <laughs> one of the craziest sources of inspiration you've ever had? Because I want Alex oh, to come up with something crazier <laughs> than the woman who had her conspiracy theory history on the inside of her code. So, Oh, okay. man. So the craziest source of inspiration you've had. I'm going to have to think about this one. This yeah. is My answer is dark. Oh, yeah? I think it's like... Is it going to re- get real right now? I think it's like... <laughs> Take a drink after oh. Gothnog says something crazy dark. Like, it's up to you guys. You want me to go <laughs> no, first? No, go, go for it. Go dark. Yeah, go for it, dude. Okay, so I am terrified of flying. Terrified. And if you're not terrified of flying, you're insane. It's a massive heavy metal object in the sky. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Anyway, so we're flying. And I'm looking out the window. And I'm thinking... I am terrified, uh, not because if something happens and I free fall, you know, to the the ground and splash and I'm dead. Not the whole death thing, you know. If I if the if, if I am you know free falling from the sky, uh, it's not the death thing that scares me. It's the minute that I'll have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To me, that is terrifying, and so I've thought someday I'm going to run a darker game that begins with a plane accident or something happens and a man is free falling from the sky and you literally <laughs> you're the GM and your player's the man free falling and you say okay what do you do and he's like wait I'm, I'm free falling kind of thing like what can I do I, I try to text my wife you know stuff like that um, just really like what would you do if you had a minute and you know that this is the last minute you're ever going to be around and um, and then I wanted to end it, you know, as it would end, and then start the characters off maybe as maybe the child 
of this person or the investigator investigating what happened to this plane crash or something mm. like that. It'd be interesting, too, to, like, this would be kind of like deciding your character's fate, but start off with that scene and then be like, all right, one year earlier, you were that same character and, like, play <laughs> out the events leading up to them, you know, getting in the airplane. Yeah. If you if you are a good GM and you have good players, you could pull that off. Otherwise yeah. it's like, do yeah. you want to get on the plane? Uh no. No, uh, I security fall out of comes. It. I don't want to. <laughs> they force you onto the plane. No, I don't want to. You're dragged onto the plane. All of a sudden this was all a dream and you're free falling from the sky. Or you could you could somehow like like they'd be like, Wait, I, I'm I'm in free fall now? It's like yeah, well I didn't say at the beginning that it was a plane, you know, you, you fall out of a I don't even know, but you come up with some way for them to be in free fall other than a plane. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a simulation. Like no, they've, I, they've been avoiding planes their entire the, the entire campaign, and then they find out that it wasn't even an airplane they fell out of or something. Yeah, exactly. I, I, uh, bridge. I, but I think like you know that example is something that you know that's probably easily my worst fear. Not not flying, but falling from the sky. Yeah, is my worst fear, and I took that and I have been kind of churning it around in my brain as a campaign idea that's awesome what about you alex i i don't know i don't i don't think there's any source of really crazy inspiration okay well then what you should do alex is tell I mean, us the normal thing that inspires you to make a campaign and we'll all think it's crazy that's what you should do i think you should what's the most normal thing that you've ever been inspired by alex oh man let me think um, well, you see, I was at this butcher shop once, and uh, this lady came in, and she uh, she had a bag full of chicken parts, and uh, and I chopped them all up. But when when I was done, I realized they weren't chicken parts at all. It was a puppy. God. <laughs> but so <you're>... anyway, <laughs> well, I, I get I have I did get an inspiration for a uh, for an adventure from a nightmare that I had. I went down to a lake and I was fishing. Uh, this was a lake I had known when I was when I was younger, and there were all these huge leeches that had, they were just like pulling themselves up on up onto shore and just dragging people uh, into the water. And and I remember one of them getting my leg, and I was just you know completely terrified and watching all these people being dragged in. And 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 I woke up after like my head went underwater. And there was just this long moment of not breathing, and I woke up taking this deep breath, like, <gasps> you know, because I, yep. <laughs> I was, I was, you know, suffocating in the in the dream. Right. But uh, that made that made for a really cool encounter. That's awesome. Yeah, it's not weird at all. I'm, I'm sitting here racking my brain, and I can't think of anything that is just outright insane. <laughs> but I will regularly. So I I keep a pad of paper and a pen or a pencil next to my mm. bed at all times, and. Mm. I, you know, once every couple weeks or once a month, I will have woken up and written something on this pad. And sometimes it makes no sense. <laughs> or, like, I'll wake up and think it's the greatest idea ever. <laughs> like, bubble-blowing like, light bulb syndrome. Yeah, I'll be what like, the fuck oh, did man. I mean by that? <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be so cool as I'm writing it. And then I go back to sleep, and I wake up the next morning, and I read it, and I go, that's the worst idea I've ever had. <laughs> But there have been a few things. Was I um, drunk? <laughs> and actually, with the Provokers game, you know, I felt like there was like this missing link in the Provokers games, where it was like this this element that I needed to connect these two pieces that I really needed to connect together. Mm. And yeah. it, like, it was one of those things where I checked my pad in the morning and I had written something down, and it was like, oh. Oh, that's it! And I had I had written this down, and that it was that was what I was going to use to to fill in this gap that that was happening in the story. And so, I would advise like at, like always have not just when you're sleeping, but always have something handy to write stuff down with when you have these kind of crazy moments of inspiration. Because the whole like oh I'll remember it, or well if it if it's uh, if it's a good enough idea, I won't have to write it down. It's like no, there are plenty of ideas that I've had and I haven't written down. And a couple weeks later, I'm like, oh, shit, I should have written that down. I don't remember what I was thinking with that. Yeah. A couple weeks, a couple minutes. Yeah, or a couple <laughs> minutes. Yeah, exactly. I, I use a voice recorder, like one of those handhelds. I mean, yeah. I have tons of those everywhere. And I use one for uh, game stuff. But I, I think the viewers, honestly, Matt, need a little more description on what you wrote on your pad next to your bed. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Let's see. What can I? What can I say about it? <laughs> word uh, for word. No. Okay. okay. I'll. You know what? You know what, Barker? I will say what. I, what I had part of what I had written oh God, on there. right here on roll up and die he right reveals the provokers die. what so there were game. a few words that I'd written down but two of the most important ones were or three of the most important words were the other convoker oh shit <laughs> and then I had a bunch of stuff written underneath that but that was the thing that was like right 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 okay 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 so anyway you know there's someone listening that doesn't watch the provokers who's like Okay. What, okay. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> this like, podcast sucks. This podcast is the worst. <laughs> no, uh, but it, it was just something that was that was really cool that I just kind of I don't know where it came from if I was dreaming about it or if I happened to be thinking mm. about it before I went to sleep, but it just kind of happened for me. So, awesome. where can I someone sp- watch the Provokers if they wanted to? Oh. <laughs> um, you can watch it on uh, what's it called? Uh, a face full of dice? A face a fa- full of dice? A face full of dicks? I think a really face full of dicks? <laughs> I was, a few years ago, I was trying to come up with if someone wanted to troll my channel with a fake account, what they would pick. And that was it. I said, it'd probably be like a face full of dicks or something. I, my, my, my channel's called Be a Better Game Master. And someone, someone commented... I had no idea being a gay master would be so fun and fulfilling. (laughs) (laughs) You're a son of a bitch. (laughs) That's awesome. So, uh, okay, all right. Now do you guys want to come up with an idea that our listeners can steal? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so my idea was that we'd all kind of find some sort of physical hopefully tangible source of inspiration that we could use right now to come up with an NPC or a setting or whatever. Okay. So, so uh, just to be clear, are we coming up with just the method of inspiration or find, think... finding the method and then inspiring and then creating something? I think we're each using our own method and creating something like an NPC or a, a place or something. Okay. okay. So I have my deck of tarot cards. Matt, what do you have? I'm looking. My desk right. is a mess. I brought, right I brought up Google. <laughs> yeah, Google it. Nice. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. I'm going to grab a stack of random magic cards here. All right, cool, sweet. So I'm going to roll uh, the beautiful D12. Uh, Matt, you're one through four this time. Alex, you are five through oh, eight. Great. And I'm everything else. And that is a three, Matt. All right. So I've got my magic cards here. It's just a, I have them just all over the freaking place. Um, Perfect. And I'm just going to kind of shuffle through them here really quick. <clears throat> Let's see. That's cool. What are we coming up with? Uh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, the anticipation is horrendous. It's crazy. <laughs> I hope it lasts. <laughs> oh yeah, that's cool. Okay, all right. So the the card I pulled, um, it's a card called Teamer Rune Mark, and it's an enchantment card, which is a you know it's a type of card that you can enchant a creature with, so it'll make them stronger, bigger, better, whatever. Um, but the art on it is what's catching my eye, and it's a woman who is kind of holding up both of her fists in sort of an aggressive stance, like she's sort of getting ready for a fight. And there is this green glowing magic around her fists in the shape of dragon claws. So she is sort of summoning forth the power of this dragon to enhance her strikes, it looks like. And so I suppose what immediately what that inspires me to do is some sort of faction or um, monastic order that worships or otherwise um, sort of reveres dragons and utilizes, like, the different aspects of the dragon in their martial arts um, or in their fighting style, rather. So I would come up with some sort of um, kind of remote um, faction, I think, that would would utilize these things, and I think it would be like, you know, the way of the claw or something like that. That is dope because you looked at... A woman who's kind of holding up her fists and said, no, we're not going to talk about a woman. We're going to talk about a faction. So, yeah. you know, really, you know, I think one of the messages we'll jump in uh, into here is that 
you know, you're only limited by the fences you build around yourself. You don't yeah. have mm. to do exactly what the card says. It's o- it's also okay to draw again if you want to. Like Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, all right. So, 1 through 6 is you, Alex, and I am 7 through 12. And that is an exact 12. So, I'm going to shuffle. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. I'm going to shuffle my tarot <laughs> cards. Now, I, I don't really know what each individual tarot means by heart. So, I have this list that I've printed up, which is different than many other lists online, but uh, shuffling them up and spilling them over my lap. That's that's my tradition. Um, that's how I know they're totally shuffled and my mojo's going on. So I'm turning it over and I have the six of cups or the zero one one zero of cups. <laughs> so I am looking at my chart and that means innocence, nostalgia, Okay, so hmm. something about this faction is this faction is a shadow of its former self. Uh, I'm looking at nostalgia in particular, and this faction longs to be back in 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 power in the mainstream. Hmm. Um, it you know the 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 great tomes upon its walls in the headquarters are dusty. And they go unread, and the number of people that inhabit the guild is exponentially fewer than those that used to. And so, hoping to harness this power, uh, maybe some sort of power, I don't know what it is, um, they hope to become uh, as great as they used to be. I like it. So they're kind of fading away. And yes. they used to, they used to be a bigger deal, but they're not as much anymore. Yep, I like it. Cool. For the sake of randomness, it is important that I maintain the the fa- statistical fairness of the situation. And Alex, oh, all right, good. Um, yes, okay. So I did I did a look I did a look up on uh, on unexplained ruins, and uh, there's a, there's a really uh, uh, great image of a, of a half-buried statue sort of uh, uh, on a barren island and so I was thinking that uh, perhaps they have to uh, uh, to kind of you, you talk about kind of regaining their former glory perhaps there is a uh, an artifact that has re- they've recently received information this artifact on this island that needs to be recovered and that uh, this island has only been sort of rediscovered in the past you know, a couple of years, and they need to uh, send people out there so that they can uh, find this uh, find this artifact and, and bring it back. Very awesome. cool. Very cool. Mm. That I mean, that right there. I mean, whether how long how long did that take us? Five minutes or something like that? We, yeah. I mean, even. that's a pretty fleshed out group of people <clears throat> with a pretty clear motivation and 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 uh, stuff like that. So I mean, yeah. it's it's not hard to to find that inspiration and come up with something cool. And, and, yeah, and something I forgot to mention earlier is recently in the Sursaline game, um, I asked the players to come up with the title of the next session. Oh, yeah. And I, I wanted oh, to bring yeah. this up, and I forgot, so I'm just going to bring it up here at the end. Voila. And, you know, my thing was, you guys come up with the title, and whatever it is, I will try to find a way to incorporate it into the plot of the story. Right. And what nice. they came up with is scales and octaves. <laughs> and I, you know, at first it was like, oh shit, why did I do that? I'm such a dumbass. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> uh, never mind, guys. I, uh. And, and I, I, even for a moment, I was like, maybe I'll like say, we'll do that next time or something. But I forced myself to not. I forced myself to really try to be inspired by this thing. I forced creativity, which a lot of people say you can't do, but you can. You really can. You can sit down with a pen and a piece of paper in front of you and leave an hour later with some writing. You I would say forced creativity is actually most of the time the best creativity because you're working within limitations and yes. you're having to kind of struggle a little bit, which I think pays off more in the end. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I'm a music yeah. producer and that you know, the same goes with music is, you know, we all have day jobs. You know, we don't have time to get you know, inspired? Are you kidding me? Like, I have to freaking take the kids to the 
uh, uh, daycare. I almost said the dry cleaner. I don't know why I have to take. <laughs> I've been meaning to get my kids cleaned for a while. How do you keep these kids clean? They get dirty every day. What's that word? The laundromat, the dry cleaner, the daycare. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to try that. You know, ask your players, hey, what's the title of our next session? And, you know, of course you're going to have that player that says, uh, dick butt. Matt. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, but, you know, I mean, you know, this is a, uh, it's an exciting. Okay, if that's what you want, but your character's <laughs> not going to be too happy with that one. It's going to be weird. <laughs> Maybe, but, you know, it's the 21st century. We don't judge. The, the, the whole idea is that, you know, piggyback off other people's ideas. So, yeah, um, yeah way to go, guys. That, this, is a, this is a great podcast, and I was inspired by it. Actually, I want to I want to throw in a last note, if I may. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, <laughs> this is the oh, <laughs> go ahead. No, I just want to say like one of the as a specifically as a game master, one of the greatest sources of inspiration can and should be your players. Um, mm, you know, yeah. Barker, you mentioned ask your players for the title of your next session, and I I think just letting your players inspire you with their ideas and the, the different solutions to problems that they come up with. And even, you know, asking them, you know, what, what are some monsters that you guys have never encountered that you want to see? Or, you know, what are some situations that you'd like to see in this, in this campaign, you know, and letting their ideas and their concepts sort of inspire you is, is good in many ways because it's, it's helping you create a cool campaign, but it's also, creating something that your players are really going to dig because it's yes. something that they helped come up with. Absolutely. Well, you can do it surreptitiously too. You can uh, just, just uh, if you really, if you're really stuck for ideas, mm-hmm. just give the players something really mysterious to ponder. Yeah. And they'll come up with your story. Oh, they will. They'll come up with the solution right then and there and you go, oh yeah, that sounds pretty good. All right, yep, cool. That's, that's what, it what it is. All right. <laughs> sure enough. God, the wasn't number of clever. times I've done that is just horrendous, but it, it works, man. It works. Yeah. You, your number one job description as a GM is to steal other people's ideas. Yes. And yes. That's including but not limited to your players. Yeah, exactly. So I've thought of uh, the new sign off for oh, Roll Up and nice. Die, guys. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. All right. You guys ready? Shouldn't we rehearse this? Ladies and gentlemen, roll up and be a better game master. Guys? I hate it. (laughs) 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 This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2015. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing is wrong. You can find all three of the hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And Barker is at www.beabettergamemaster.com. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die podcast. Look for other releases of this show at www.beabettergamemaster.com or at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming.